Hello, you're listening to the final episode of the Live Wild podcast in this season with me, Hilary Rose. We hope to be back very soon with another season packed with loads of interesting chats with glorious guests who are living their lives wild and free. This episode's glorious guests are none other than my two gorgeous friends and on-screen sons, Alex Murphy and Chris Wally, who play Connor and Jock in The Young Offenders. I always feel like such a fraud if I ever give advice. Yeah, my advice is often, especially for people going for drama at school and stuff like that, is literally that is no advice because mm. I used to ask people always advice and stuff. And I didn't get into drama school the first time around. But as soon as you're taking people's advice, you're not being yourself. And that's exactly the whole point is to see who you are. So if you think what you're saying is the right answer, then that's not really you. And and even if you get in because of that reason, then you haven't gotten, you know what I mean? That's, that's a false representation of who you are so i would yeah i would always be i would always kind of be hesitant i'd stay away from it the only voice i give is to actually trust your instincts like really to go with with that but i mean that's what fucking every good acting class say them all the time but know your lines and show up on time i couldn't finish out the season without talking to them Hmm, have we saved the best till last i dare say possibly i thoroughly enjoyed this chat, not least because I got to catch up with these two. They are both kind, considerate and brilliant young actors. We chat about fame at an early age, their career paths, what they stand for and obviously all things The Young Offenders. You can follow them both on Instagram at alexmurphy underscore 97 and at Wally Chris. And now here's the show. I'm here on the Live Well podcast and I want to welcome two of my very favorite human beings besides my own children but in fact <laughs> including <sorry>. they did <laughs> but in fact they did play my children on screen it's none other than alex murphy and chris wally Woo! hello <laughs> how's it going oh uh, it's so brilliant to have you here today on the live well podcast like we don't get to hang out enough actually so it's really nice to have this as an excuse even though we should just call each other really you know i don't have to book you in it's easier to hang out if uh <laughs> yeah if it's if it's a job yeah exactly. virtually <laughs> a virtual job um i suppose if we go back to the start like it's really been a lovely process for me to watch you guys because I met you when you were a lot younger. Like I view you now, obviously, as grown men. I'm not going to say mature, but I'm going to say grown yeah. men. Definitely not. <laughs> um, but like I met you when, you know, you were 16 and 18. I think it was 16 and 18, wasn't it? Alex, you were 16? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, 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 I was 16. So, it's, so yeah. it's been like a really beautiful process for me to watch you guys, you know, come on over the years. Um but Alex, let's go to you first. When I met you, you were auditioning for the Young Offenders, okay? Yeah. And looking back now, it feels like you were really young at the time. Did you always want to be an actor from a really early age, or was this is was it just this chance thing? Uh, not really. I knew I enjoyed it because, like, my mom, she was she obviously saw something in me so she she kind of made me go to drama classes when i was like seven she always hates when i say made yeah like in the sun the other day it said you forced me to go i was like well you stop reading the sun and you'll be all right (laughs) uh i was so she kind of she forced me to go to drama school and i just really liked it because i was terrible at sports so that was something i was kind of you know a bit better at 
but by, at no point did I think it was actually a viable kind of career option wow. uh, at all. I just thought you're either Brad Pitt or you're not working at all. I didn't know there was an in-between, really. Mm. Uh, and sometimes Brad Pitt doesn't work. Let's call it out. This is true. <laughs> uh, and this, the, the, young, the Young Offenders, whatever that thing was, just came up uh, on Facebook and they were like, send in a... It was some. It was quite long. It was like sending like a four minute tape of you just talking about yourself. I think it was even longer than that. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was like it? ten minutes it was or so something. So long. Was yeah, like, not. I do not know what to say. So somewhere on an iPad at home, there's just like forty clips of me kind of going, "Hi, I'm Alex," uh, <laughs> and I eventually got the. I just talked for five or six minutes, sent it in, and then I think you or Peter got back to me saying, "Come on in and um, and." meet us and that's mm. where i met chris this was the first for her the first audition was it chris or the second it was the it... first we didn't do a second did we you did i think we did. no we did we did we went in separately and then we went in together yeah for the yeah. second one yeah that was it but to be honest, i don't i don't think i saw you i don't think i saw you in the no in the first one yeah it was the second one my mom was there because i was under 18 oh me and chris just used to love telling that story of my I was like, yeah, that was don't it. talk to him. Fraternizing <laughs> with the enemy. And we just thought, oh, the interviewers love this story. They laughed it up. <laughs> just get so emotional thinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> there was a bit of truth to it. I mean, I, we didn't know there was two parts going. Yeah. Uh, but but you wanted to be Jock as well. We both wanted to be Jock. Jock was the Jock was the fun one. I mean, in the in the audition sides, it was Jock's the one stealing bikes and being a legend. But, uh, and it was so funny when we now, imagine. That's the thing is when we got when we got cast, Peter was like, "No, I haven't decided who's Connor or who's Jock." And then we were like, "But the dynamic would be really bizarre if it was." <laughs> like it kind of seems so obvious now, but yeah, at the time, yeah. like, yeah. well, it would have been a bit like it would have been a bit of mice and men if it was the other way around. <laughs> Chris, what, Chris, what about you? Like, what, like, was uh, from an early age? I think I know the answer to this one because I've got actually a really funny story your mum told me. But I'm going to let you answer first and see what comes out. But from a oh, really early age, this. did you want to be an actor, or was it something again that kind of snowballed uh, as you got older? It's definitely the thing that I remember wanting to do first of my life. Like, I think uh, when I was re- when I was really young, I, I, as with every other kid a lot of them wanted to be a footballer mm-hmm. and they uh, thought that man united alex ferguson was going to come and scout me from um riverstown but uh, i wasn't very good to start with so that wasn't uh, so really ever a viable option yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh but no yeah from as, as long as i could remember that's what i wanted to do i remember being in school and, and i still look at my like the communion books uh, you know your holy communion book where you write like stuff in, and, and i'm like i want to be an actor and i want to do all this so I think yeah, and that was when I was I don't know you're like seven when you make your communion. Oh my So goodness. yeah, for as long as I can remember, wow. that's what I wanted to do. Then in I've the end, you got to, to work with Roy Keane, so you kind of exactly. got to live. Uh, we got Janelle, the football yeah. and like, yeah. the acting in there as well. <laughs> Spider Man into the multiverse or some sort yeah. of stuff there. Yeah, I'm gonna have to share the story that your mum. Uh, told me about you when you're younger because now I've mentioned it you can't, I can't not say it for the listeners but it was uh, so like our families for the listeners are, are quite close and we have you know family get togethers barbecues yeah, it's, weird. Which... it's a separate separate friend group yeah yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> totally. but um, and we haven't done it in quite a while actually but one of the stories your mum loves to tell was Chris when you were young he she'd find you somewhere in the house but it was normally in front of a mirror <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in front of the mirror, you were just playing out different characters or you could have been like pl- reciting things or weeping in the mirror or just generally looking at yourself. Now, I'm not going to let I'm not going to let you throw Chris under the bus on his own for this because I've been choked up the past week with plague. <laughs> I've been using a bit of Vicks vapor rub and I do remember putting a little bit of tiger balm under my eyes as a kid and looking in the mirror and pretending to do a very serious emotional scene and start crying. Hey, I'm... I still do it to this day. If I'm at home by myself and going around, I, I, I'm. If there was video cameras in my house, you'd catch me doing all sorts of strange things by myself, walking into a room and pretending I've seen a dead body and like breaking down and be like, ah, yeah. I mean, you're not alone. I mean, the stuff that I get up to, I thank God that, you know, there's uh, in this room, there's a bit of privacy. The windows are small, but (laughs) the stuff I get up to as well. I think it's almost like an expectation that uh, I've found anyway through experience that it's kind of like an expectation that actors are a little bit odd. Yeah, and it's fun. Like, I love just going around and being different characters in the house and then trying all these different accents and different scenarios and stuff. It's great, crack. But that story is right that you said about me because I actually fell down the stairs looking in the mirror when I was a child. I took a step back and fell fell down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, Um, If there could have been another career choice for either of you, both of you, what would it have been? I think Chris, you probably mentioned it with the football already. Would it? Would it have been football? Oh, it definitely would back? not have been football. No. no, Jesus. I mean, that was just like being a child. Uh, like, oddly you... enough, I used to always love business in school, which is totally different. I mean, I'd love to do something in in the arts. Like, if it was not acting, but I think usually that question is like, if you couldn't do anything in the arts, is that what you mean? Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. Creative? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything within the arts either. Is there anything else yeah. that you kind of go? Well, like, oh, I like writing, know? like, and I, and I think I'd like to direct at some point. But mm-hmm. if I was to go against all of that, I I used to actually love business and like mm. I used to love. Um, I used to sell well my brother did and then I started copying him and we used to sell cans of cokes and twixes from our lockers in school and then we were selling like Lucasades and Powerades and awesome. everything and then I started selling power balance bands and I loved that stuff that was <laughs> that gave me a buzz when I was younger that's yeah. the, that's the hustle in you I like it that's exactly <laughs> Alex what about you if there's anything different that you could have done like acting and the arts aside is there any, like say if you were to leave your career now and go oh, I'm done with acting is there anything different that you would do that you feel that really interests you oh, if I was to leave I'm in too deep now I don't know what to do now <laughs> so I don't know about that but uh, yeah I, I, I didn't fill out the CAO for my leaving cert because I was still doing the Young Offenders uh, yeah. I, got, I got Thursdays and Fridays off school in, in fifth year uh, to make to make the movie which was nuts. I don't know how they let me do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is... Filmed, I always thought that was crazy. It we is. filmed Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. Let's not mention the school or anything because it is bonkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, if you made the film a year later, I wouldn't have done it because my parents would have just been like, well, no, you're not doing that and you're leaving for a year. Yeah. Um, but then even sort came around and I knew at that point then had the film come out or it was... I seen a bit of it and I was like, oh, maybe this is actually something I could do. Uh, and there was nothing on the CAO that I wanted to do. And it cost like 60 quid to fill it out. So I just didn't. And that so annoyed th- that annoyed a few teachers. But I was like, look, if I'm not going to do anything on it, I auditioned for a drama school. If I don't get in, sure, look, I'll go traveling or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Your I said, parents I are like, legends. That's how much faith they had. Like to let you yeah. not put anything on the CAO. <laughs> Colin and Helen. Legend. Yeah, Colin yeah, and Helen. Colin we and love him. We love him. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to do maybe multimedia <laughs> in something or other. 
But I always think it's a, it's such a shame people you don't know about the jobs that are out there in filming uh, until you do a bit of filming. Like mm. if I hadn't known about being a boom op or something in the sound department when I was in school, I feel like I would have fell in love with that and I would have put all my energy into yeah, something 100%. like that. Yeah, 100%. Whenever we'd be looking for Alex on set always, they'd be like, go over to the sound lads. Yeah, He's always going to be over there. Curly, just, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Anytime you were missing, you either like, like had headphones so or a boom in your hands. <laughs> yeah, of that being a job, it's just like I capture noise for a living like you man uh, I, I hate to break it to you though i think i think a boom up might not have suited you <laughs> i mean i'm sorry Very high of you. <laughs> uh, a sound mixer then so, so sound mixer. <laughs> something in the sound yeah something Burn, in the sound yeah. department where you didn't have to be like six foot five and reaching across the room with yeah. the, with the, <laughs> i'm sorry All right. <laughs> Uh, so if I had a note about other jobs, uh, which just seems mad, oh, you don't know until you know, I suppose. Yeah, but, but I guess now, like apart, okay, apart, from, like w- say if you were to leave now, would sound be something that you'd go into? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I don't. <laughs> I You're don't not know. jinxing yourself by saying the it, sun. The sun. You come on. Yeah, yeah. The sun the wants sun. another article out of you. Like, come on. <laughs> It's Alex like, Murphy forced into sound by yeah. his mom. <laughs> forced into sound by his stage mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what I do. The idea of just living up a mountain off the fat of the land sounds all right. Which <gasps> goes well with this. That's we start our own commune, Hillary. That's where you'd find me. Is the, yeah, that's what I would be doing. I probably be. I probably would be one of those, you know, organic farmers. Or now that I've spoken to Fergal Smith from Moyhill Farm, it would be a regenerative farmer of some sort. Yeah. And I love it. I just love that idea of just completely not isolating myself from the world, but just having my own little bubble, kind of mm-hmm. agriculturally and with nature. And I recently watched uh, Into the Wild. Have you seen that? It's yeah, it's yes. a bit old yeah. now, but I'd, I'd never seen it before and i can just imagine if i was 13 14 year old alex watching this oh this has changed my life this is what i'm doing i'm moving away from everyone wow. going away on my own <laughs> i could but, see i could see that for you i i, I like that i always like that idea and then i go away somewhere do something by myself for like i'm like this will be great now and i'm there for a day and i'm like fuck <laughs> let me ring someone do you want to come out here <laughs> i can't oh i get i get i like company solitude really suits me and it's a funny one because i think like alex you're similar to me in that like i mean all of us are quite gregarious outgoing find us in a group no problem we can you know hold our own within a group um but solitude is like really oh it's beautiful and i notice alex as well that sometimes on set i know i do the exact same and i'm sure plenty of people do the exact same when you get overwhelmed from time to time you just have to remove yourself and have that bit of solitude yeah because it's just knowing yourself and going oh, i'm fine but if i go over here on my own for a bit i'll be better so i'll not do that <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly i used to love the honesty between you guys on set as well where it's like i'd often overhear one <laughs> saying to the other you're really annoying me now <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay that's fine that, right? yeah like get out of my face you're really speaking of me. that actually that sort of thing that's something i actually would love to do something like um, i'd love to do psychology or something like that that's something i think i would have really mm. enjoyed 
like I think psychology really lends itself to acting as well oh 100% I think so yeah because yeah. mm, mm. like, like if, you, if you're diving deep into the characters and finding out what they do and why they do it like that's that's psychology right there like mm. I found myself like actually when I dive really deep into characters I find myself reading psychology books you know yeah it's just brilliant. well for sure I think that that's what makes a good actor is is, is empathy and the ability to to read people so that's why i think a lot of the best actors are also super emotional and sensitive because they, they they're not only kind of carrying what you feel and stuff but you're also sometimes i find if someone comes into a room i'm like oh geez are you okay like you can feel they're upset straight away or you can feel something and then you kind of but um yeah i find that all that very very we're interesting workers, really mm. exactly yeah you yeah, what yeah. alex i miss we're that essential workers we need yeah empaths <laughs> empaths are essential workers 100 i actually i agree chris i think it's like yeah you can feel energy and, and like you said most actors feel energy very 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 strongly whether they're aware of it or not and sometimes you can take on someone else's energy or even walking away off set for the day there's been a lot of people's energy all around you and it can feel like I used to have to do like an energy clearing every day that I got home from the young offenders in particular because it was such a like a hectic set and I was particularly tired at that time because I just had a baby so for, for me I was really super sensitive to everything you know what I mean um, is there anything, any practices that you would have leaving set that you kind of do or, or you consciously do that or do you just shirk it off or, or, or are there any little rituals that you have that you want to shake off energy and kind of come back to yourself a little bit? I definitely, I, I didn't when we were doing The Young Offenders and maybe it would have been good to have that because it was mad how long we were filming. We filmed, mm. was it 19 weeks we filmed for? 80 days exactly. Yeah. And yeah it was just it was chaotic and the <laughs> but the, when you finish filming and especially because anytime when we're there like we're we were the leads of the show and there's a weird pressure on like mm. well if i always remember listening to a podcast with daniel Radcliffe, and i just finished watching all eight harry potters they're actually they're very good uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was just saying at a, such an early age he was an actual child going like uh, this day depends on how I'm feeling. I can make everyone have a horrible day today if I wow. if I wanted to. And he was just like, <laughs> that's a fucking well, profound like, thought I'm, for a I'm child. Like, yeah, I'm like, he's like 12 years old, and he, like, what right have I to be an asshole today? Because I know I'm Harry Potter, but if I'm just nice, everyone will get their jobs done easier. We can all mm. chill out. Kind That's a very sad. Harry Potter moralistic code. Is like he could have gone the Voldemort way and <laughs> yeah. everyone's day. I think so. It's kind of yeah. sad though for a twelve-year-old to have to bear that kind of pressure as well. Like, yeah. Do you? F I. I like. Do you feel? I always felt a sense of, um, particularly towards you guys into Jen and Demi as well, of trying to protect you somewhat because you were a little bit younger. Like, do you feel like there's a, a adequate? I suppose emotional protection within the industry for young actors starting out. Or on it's tough set because it's it's everyone's totally different. You know what I mean. I think it's the same thing can even be said for adults. You know that everyone's personalities and and what people are upset by or what it, people are just totally different. You know. So mm -hmm. I think probably when kids are that young with in Harry Potter and stuff like that. But I do think when we were, I don't know. Like I I I I, I quite liked the way it was. Like I, particularly in the film, we we. 
because there was such a minimal crew and because there was we kind of felt like I, I felt like such a responsibility but in a good way a way that made me like i'm not being babied for the first time yeah, i'm being perfect, treated like an adult and i'm a, start to us chris like yeah it was class and it was great and you felt like oh we're we're, we're the leads in this now and, and we feel like adults and we're not being babied mm. whereas i suppose <clears throat> if we had gone into a bigger machine at the start it might have been might have been a bit different but yeah with the film and it being so low budget and all having to kind of rally together mm. and stuff that was that was kind of the perfect introduction really into the and industry I, su- I suppose it felt like and this was something that peter always kind of said consciously was that it kind of gives people ownership of it you know he was always um conscious that it was a team effort so like by giving you guys responsibility as like young men it, it gave you ownership of it almost you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah. so you felt yeah. that was a beneficial thing to you like looking back a hundred percent yeah for sure yeah mm. i hadn't really kind of thought about it in that way now until we said it but yeah people are still when i say to people and i shock myself of like how we made that film like the uh, being on a few different film sets now since then yeah it's just like I remember when I was doing conversations with friends up in Belfast, I was talking to Lenny about the film and he was just, he's like, wait, you had, Peter was the director and there was no ADs and <laughs> Paddy Jordan was the cameraman. There was no focus puller. So there's just Paddy with this big camera and Peter just, <laughs> I spoke, like I saw Paddy actually. I saw Paddy on the on the weekend actually over in London, uh, and no I, I I literally said that to him. I was like, "You were fucking focus pulling everything yourself, and like operating and doing everything." He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Jonathan Hughes, Jonathan Hughes was makeup, costume, you have to script, yeah, continuity, <laughs> yeah. and then fucking Danny was mixing and boom mopping all at the same time, and, yeah. and rolling bags. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like knowing what you know now, isn't it crazy when you look back at like the, I suppose, the success of the film with what it was pure blind faith. By the way, you know, it was pure blind faith on our on our on our end. It was just yeah, yeah. like okay, like let's just like I have faith in Peter that that was his vision. Has enough he years passed that I can ask you about the loan? <laughs> what was? <laughs> I hear it did. Did Peter take out a loan to get a car and then just make the film with it? Oh, yeah. Like, it was part of it was a credit union loan. Yeah, I think. But, like, we just took credit union loans out for everything. Like, you know, even for our first mortgage, it was like, we can't afford a mortgage. Well, let's just try and get a, like, partial credit union loan. Don't tell them that it's for a house because they'd never give it to you. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a credit union loan in there that... That was like, yes, we are buying a car. And yeah, 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 it was probably gone into the Young Offenders. Yeah. We threw a brick through the car. Did yeah. we, break, we, we broke two of Peter's windows or was that a different car? Like, uh, just one, I think, in the end. No? Yeah, no, that was that was the silver Audi. That was in the film. That was our car. Got yeah. bullseye. But, then in, but then in the series, Chris, did you do it again with his car? Or maybe? Uh, no, that wouldn't Peter, have been his car. Peter was doing it. Yeah, you were doing better by then. <laughs> was there a window broken in that? No, didn't, didn't um, a fella break a window f- to get the dice? In that, that was an episode, wasn't it? He threw something through. Oh. No, you threw the rock in, Chris, and then you saw the the teddy bear. That's the film. That's the film. And then in the in the <laughs> series, you're right. Someone throws th- something through the windscreen to get the dice. Remember, he's trying to drop oh, the car. Yeah, oh, and it's yeah, a flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would have been a prop car, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I stick to your roots. He likes breaking his own cars. He does. It's his thing. And you it's know what? IMDb he did it last trivia. He did it last summer. 
in his own car. <laughs> yeah, we, went, we <laughs> not in the what film. What do you mean, Peter? Oh. He broke into his own <laughs> car again last summer. He locked his keys in his car, and then like we were up, we were up the side of a mountain. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We had all the kids. It was down in Kerry. We were up the side of a mountain. We'd go for a hike, and then like turned around. Peter's like, "Where are my keys? Oh my, they're in the car." And the car oh, self locked. Yeah. So then it, we actually classic Peter. He I'll... definitely just threw them in and shut the door. And went, "Whoopsie, <laughs> where's the biggest rock?" I'm gonna have to send it on to you. No, we got like managed to find this like two by four massive like like would have been like a fence post and fence post it, it, it's it's kind of impressive i was like that's hot <laughs> so I'll, I'll send it on to you i was like Peter, really <laughs> so maybe you threw the keys in the cage yeah. you get off and watch it in breaking windows yeah. it's just a weird dynamic oh and i true. remember we were filming we were filming um in the car like scrapyard and i got the throw yeah. dropped through oh, windows yeah. But that wasn't even on camera. That was just for the crack. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was our base for the day. And this guy was like, do you want to throw some rocks through, through some windows there? We're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is Chris is here. It was a really hot day. All I remember is hearing Chris shouting in the background, I'm so angry because I'm so dehydrated. <laughs> he was like throwing rocks through windows. Uh, <laughs> speaking of okay so like I mean I know we're talking about Young Offenders quite a bit and, and, and why not because this is a nice conversation that I think actually all of these conversations we've only ever done for other people so we can say what we want now that it's kind of just the three of us and <laughs> Young Offenders what has been and I'm trying to remember this myself like any hilarious moments that you look back at and gone that was absolutely ridiculous either on screen or off screen oh, this is a safe space you can share now uh, <clears throat> The episode in the school uh, where we we get naked in the library. Oh my god! And um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was Tom Marshall was directing that one. Yes, and he mentioned, "Okay, get the, it's time to do the scene where the lads are naked. Uh, take bring them around the corner there and uh, do an impression of Tom. Though come on, he didn't talk like that. <laughs> go on. make them go around the corner there. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good." Um, but the a modesty pouch is what is referred to for the oh my God, uh, the pouch story. where you hide your uh, genitalia, your genitalia, <laughs> and um, and but another term you might use is a cock sock. Um, so he said, get the lads their cock sock there, and uh, you know, get ready for the scene. And somebody heard the word cock sock, and I'd never heard that before. So me and Chris found ourselves around uh, some sort of. I don't know. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> we were around the corner with socks and rubber band, like genuine socks that you wear on your feet. And, <laughs> and, just, and, and we were like saying rub- it. We were like, we're I like, don't this think this is. Right. And we were there trying to put everything into these socks with rubber bands, and we came out with just socks. <laughs> and he was like, and we were like, I don't think that's oh. right, but we'll go and ask Tom. And we were in the corner, and Tom's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" That's I didn't mean put socks on their cocks. <laughs> but like as if as if like Connor and Jock actually wear socks around their cock. Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Because you would have seen them and like as oh they just wear that under their underwear. Oh it, my goodness. It was This was a miscommunication with costume. Wait, first of all, Chris, why did why did we allow that to happen? We didn't at no point we went no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a bit of there was a bit of uh, questioning of it. All right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, that that scene was the first my first day back on set 
and that was my first scene back on set. So you had been filming like a week prior to that. So it was like, okay, Hillary, da, 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 let everybody in. Um, we're going to just uh, block through the scene and walk through it. And I went, okay. And then it was the first time I had met you on set because you were filming, you know, we had rehearsed the week before. And obviously when you come into a scene, you greet who you're going to be meet, you know, working with in the scene. And I, I walked in and I was like, hi guys, how's it going? And I was about to give you a hug and I was just like, this is too because you were like completely starkers i was just like this is we'll do the hugs later we'll do the hugs later this is with a room full of extras as well i felt i so felt free like i thought honestly i thought it was so brave like hats off to both of you like young men yeah, we you know, enjoyed it it was quite funny uh it was i mean it was a brilliant scene but I wonder how it would have been so different if it was obviously it wouldn't have been written as two girls because it just wouldn't have been f- as funny. But, you know, it was real, really brave for both of you to have well, done that. I, I was there's really... a lot of things like that where like, I'm just like so lucky to have Chris there or to have that character there to just anything that one of us had to do. Usually we both had to do. Yeah. So that was the case for a lot of it. Like even jumping off the shaky bridge. I think I was just oh, a yeah, bit more yeah. nervous than Chris. I was like, well, Chris did it, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, you were totally each other's backup the whole well, from, time. From the get-go, I mean, it's not like Chris has, Chris made a film before me. Like, So everything we were doing was uh, was the first time, mm. which was nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, so if you were to choose only stage or only screen for the rest of your working lives, which one would you choose, Alex, to you first? Yeah, it is a it is a tough one because there's so many different factors. I feel like you maybe you if you were fortunate enough to be working loads on screen, you could be traveling the world with that, and you know, uh, and it's kind of it's it changes up a lot. Um, and there's no getting around. You get paid more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do love I do love stage. I've just been doing a good bit of stage now the past year and a bit somehow even with covid um mm. and there's something about it that i just really enjoy i think it's just it's just a bit harder for me as it's a bit <laughs> it's yeah. a bit it's a bit more to kind of you really if it's a big theater you know there's there's nearly a thousand people there um wait no i haven't how big's the gaiety that might have been too big a number i don't know uh but <laughs> you're not just having a chat with someone and you can be as quiet as you want there's lots of things to take into account mm. uh, and that's that's good fun but at the same time love filming so yeah <laughs> young offenders for the rest of our lives <laughs> uh, chris what about you stage or screen if you could only choose one for the rest of your career oh i do think that's an impossible question because it kind of one well i mean i've been doing loads more screen for the last few years but i desperately i think next year want to go and do a play you know i think as soon as you do one for too long you want to do the other like yeah, yeah. i remember when i was doing lieutenant for three months i was like, i can't wait to be on screen and now after i'm doing this i'm like i can't wait to to try and get back in and, and do some theater but i do think that you definitely sharpen your tools more doing theater mm-hmm. than you know what i mean i think I think there's a reason why, like, most of the greats have cut their teeth in theatre. Like, Gary Oldman did theatre for the first, like, in five, six, seven years of his career or whatever before he went off and did Sid and Nancy. You know, I think it kind of, it it, 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 it gives you 
deeper everything you know you you have more of a well of 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 things to access by by doing that because it forces you into positions that you just can't put yourself in on screen and you have to get yourself out of situations and i don't know but i do love my first love and why i fell in love with with acting and and everything was watching films like that's what made me want to become an actor and i do love going to the cinema and you know I love going to the theatre, but I feel sometimes there's a lot of theatre that's not good as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's a lot. It's Most of the time when you go to the cinema, I feel like you're more, most likely because you're going to get a, you're going to kind of come out at more satisfied because the theatre sometimes can be, for me, I always take something from it, but very, very good theatre sometimes, sometimes is, <laughs> is, is tough to come by. Um, I I yeah. actually unfortunately agree with that in the sense that I think there's so many moving parts in theatre and unless you have an amazing cast with a bigger budget like you know what I mean of course there are like smaller theatre where you just hit on something that's incredible um, but it feels like you're going to get like more often than not slightly better quality not slightly better quality I'm going to call it a lot better quality in the cinema than you're going to get on stage and so it feels like as an actor that that's the area that I want to be working in more you know what I mean just on a personal mm. level so that is but I, but I do agree that you do sharpen a lot in live performance I felt like I sharpened a lot of my skills through improvisation actually which again is kind of live performance I, I, I did it slightly differently like I did improv on camera for years yeah um, for years and years which was really really tough and I think that's what really shaped shaped me yeah. in a sense I didn't necessarily come through I did do theatre but I didn't necessarily come through that tr- traditional theatre background I always do things arseways anyway you know <laughs> would you ever like to go back would you ever like to do some more hidden camera stuff because I've been watching a bit of it recently again <laughs> oh it's so funny so between that yeah. and uh, the naked camera with PJ uh. <laughs> it does PJ's goals. So like for the first few times are you is it terrifying the first few times you do it and then you're just more excited to go into this place as the nun and shop for <sighs> dildos it's terrifying <laughs> it was i know so so outrageous i don't know if we can get away with that these days I and mean, that wasn't that long ago i just feel like there's a whole woke culture that would be outraged by the stuff we did on hidden camera i know the nuns are grand the nuns are grand um <laughs> I it, it was always terrifying like I did four seasons of it and I found every season there was something new that was terrifying in it because you have to remember like there's a certain level of protection that you get on stage and on screen meaning that everybody involved in the production knows that they're in the production and they're all playing their role if you're in a scene with another person more often than not that person is going to be an actor who's playing a character who's learned their lines and you know you've got a scene together but in improvisation particularly with hidden camera you're in a scene with somebody who doesn't even know they're on camera who doesn't even know that they're in a scene and so you're not only trying to shape the scene remember your character but you're trying to get them to be in the scene with you and you're trying to get them to say and do things to be because you like we did have a script essentially and we did have a potential outcome of what we wanted so that's so funny i didn't know that yeah of course but yeah yeah and you know i would have had a lot of kind of stuff prepped but then you have to roll with whatever they're saying i'd have to come back so i very deeply learned my characters as well because i was in them for eight hours a day 
on the street with nobody around them. People just thought I was an absolute nutter, you know, because they they believed I was the character as, and yeah. as I should do, because there was no cameras. There was nothing around you. You're just walking down the street trying to. And, and how often I, did I, you I, actually I, get the desired outcome? Um, We always used to aim for like if we did like a nine hour shooting day or an eight hour shooting day, we might we always aimed for about two to three minutes of content. So maybe out of 10, you might get one. Wow. OK, so the failure so rate was quite high. So what people would just be like, like shun you off and or... sorry. What was the question? Sorry. Would it be people just like catching on that it's a f or, or just wasn't good enough or wasn't funny like all of the above so yeah, it would have yeah. been like okay someone spotted a camera and then halfway along they'd be like ah oh, this is a lot of you know this is a hidden camera yeah, show yeah. or whatever or sometimes the reaction would just be like meh so yeah, you're like yeah, okay yeah. there's no gag there <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> no, the reaction <laughs> would have been yeah. really explosive or aggressive and you had to go oh whoa, whoa, this, oh, is it's a, just yeah, a joke. this is just yeah. a show a hidden camera or then sometimes you might get one that's ah, this was the killer you get one that was absolutely amazing and i mean amazing and then they wouldn't sign a release form oh no yeah it's funny that just means that alex that you're a prime candidate to get caught on these shows because <laughs> when we were we were filming um young offenders and then by the say at, at the exact same time julie ryan who produced the film was also working on uh, old old timers uh, is it called senior oh, moments senior Se senior yeah. moments so yeah. I, I was walking around getting like i wasn't needing a scene i was going around getting a coffee and then um i saw that they were filming actually they tried to get me but i saw maggie by accident my friend that was working on it gave up the, the, the like by accident basically came up and said hello and they were like oh we were gonna get him so <laughs> then i was like let me go back and get alex and i got <laughs> you, you alex rang me or something you were like come here uh, and you were, I knew you were being weird, but sometimes you were just a bit weird, so I didn't think anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Alex comes along then, and I'm like hiding in a cafe, and and um, the old man went up to him, and he got you, he got you bad. It was so good. Just, it's I so forgot. lucky. I mean, I just wouldn't. Have, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I was nice to him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he he was just like he was like, can you show me where the Shandon bells are? And I was like, yeah, just go around that corner and look up, and you should see the bells. He's like, slow down, I can't understand you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, just around the corner. And he's like, where are you? You're not speaking English. Would you speak English? <laughs> and he was really annoying me. I was like, ah, you. <laughs> but I didn't. You're so patient. It was because he was older. If that was if that was a younger yeah. person, you yeah. wouldn't have. No, <laughs> I forgot that you got caught on one. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's interesting as well. Again, Chris, when you talk about the psychology of characters like that, for me, playing like playing that, playing those roles for, for like nearly four years really honed in kind of how I would. I don't want to say judge people, but how I would approach people or how I would know if somebody was open enough to engage with or somebody was closed or you know having a bad day and obviously that's kind of stuff that's can be fairly evident and obvious but then you, you just know from looking at people are they open can you engage with them will they engage with you or you get to read people yeah. very very yeah. fast it was it was really interesting peter was good with that at the very beginning uh when we were and then got terrible is it <laughs> yeah at the beginning, he, he fell off he fell off the horse a bit uh <laughs> when we were making the film and we were rehearsing lots which was great 
just an another thing I didn't know was not normal. I just thought yeah. we'd be rehearsing for every job you do. Uh, and he did, uh, we were in our costumes and we just got the haircut and he, he sent us into town uh, to buy more costumes, but he wanted us to be Connor and Jock. So no one, no one knew who Connor and Jock was at that point. And that was just something that I, I, w I wouldn't necessarily do for parts to this day, mm. but it's good to know that's how much detail you should have in your character because like yeah we could just play those characters in our sleep now and and we knew who they were so well uh and it's good to have that baseline as your first kind of screen job to go mm. yeah you should each each part you get you should know who they are to this degree and and um, that's i think where improvisation comes in is yeah. that if you know your character at a very very deep level you'll know exactly what they'll say or do in every single moment you won't yeah. have to second oh, it guess it such yeah, freedom, yeah, yeah. like and just the stupid stuff we'll be getting up to or just you're not afraid to say anything because i know this is what connor would would say yeah you know? and it was like, also amazing Alex, that i don't need to be embarrassed here now it's grand <laughs> it was also amazing that like and you know if if we were doing a job now and someone asked us to do that, like we would still do it and we'd love to do it. But we were so young at that age that it was like we didn't drop when we went off to go get those costumes, we didn't drop character. Like we were yeah. so obedient and we worked so hard because yeah, we yeah. were like, This is our our shot, like we're young now and we're like oh. and we were kid like there was kind of still like um and it's Peter an atmosphere as well. of like a teacher or yeah. like a you know yeah. what I mean. I know it was with Peter, but it was it was still like if we if we, if we get if we get out of these characters now we'll get in trouble or he'll know or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we did, <laughs> yeah. we very were like very much obedient. Or we um, have to find the interviews with because like our Cork accents aren't the same ones from the show, mm. so Peter would get us to write out phonetically all these interviews That's from right, people with yeah. proper Cork accents. Yeah. And you best believe we did it. Like you're writing A4 pages of phonetical. Love yeah. it. Love it. <laughs> Just to impress our headmaster. Yeah. <laughs> he used to try and get me to do the same, and I'd be like, Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it showed Hillary that you didn't, and we yeah. did. <laughs> well, you guys, who got the IFTA again? I didn't get it at the end. You know? I, had to, I had to go up and pick up Chris's IFTA. I mean, he was like, the winner is Chris. And I was like, oh, he's not here. I have to go yeah. <laughs> and you told me that loads of you, your kind of way yeah, you did it was, was like, kind of like people thought you were serious. There was people in the front row. Because I went up and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm full of pride, joy, and an overwhelming <laughs> sense of hatred towards my buddy Chris. Well done, I guess. And people just presumed, people thought I was serious and they were really oh. disappointing me. I was like, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> oh, I loved that you went and did that. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really brilliant. I was just, you know, fuming in the corner. When <laughs> and they come over with the cameras in your face as well because they know that, you you know, oh, yeah. it's like... Remember Pascal, Pascal came to the one of the oh, ifters yeah, yeah. and he was snapping. Pascal played the old farmer in the film uh, yeah. uh, and <laughs> anytime we didn't win because we were nominated for a few different awards <laughs> oh, it's fucking bullshit is it? <laughs> is it a fucking one <laughs> shush why it's rigged <laughs> oh, I love it I love it here's a question for you um, Alex who is what is the favourite character what would be your favourite character that Chris has played and why? <laughs> oh. 
I keep going to you first. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I should, I should. <laughs> Chris, I'll go to you first on this one. I'll go to you first and I'll give, give Alex a break. Chris, um, what is Alex's, Alex's favorite character that he... No, I'm not getting this wrong. What is your favorite character that Alex has played as well? Well, I saw Alex not too long ago in uh, Philadelphia, Here I Come, mm. and he played Gar Private, and it was honestly one of the most amazing theater performances I've seen. He was exceptional. Okay. Very, Here. very good. And, and for anyone who missed it, you missed out on a good one. He was, yeah, exceptional. Here, here. And amazing. So oh, yeah, I would probably say, yeah. I would probably say, I would probably say that. Yeah, here, here. I thought you were amazing mm-hmm. as well. That yeah. was one of, that was, I loved that job so much between everyone and Jeff, the director, Jeff Goulds. He was just, oh, so good. And it was such a short run and it was only on in Cork. Yeah. That would be one I'd be happy to, I'd like to do again. Pick it up again, yeah. Um, it was great. Yeah, that was. Awesome. <laughs> Especially he also had a character in, in in Dubliners, the play I saw him in recently. You know the one that I love. <laughs> <laughs> what's the? <laughs> he what, what scene was it? He, I think this character came about. It, it derived from the uh, the guy in the film who was like, "There's only two foot of water there." Oh, yes, it, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. You'll break yeah. your legs if you jump in there. <laughs> That, oh, that makes sense. The origin yeah, I story. Think that's where yeah, it came from. Oh, I so I like that him. fella as well. But that's only a little character in in a big play. But um, uh, it made me happy. I go <clears> for a play as well. <laughs> Your Davy Clavin in Lieutenant was so funny because oh, we. Yeah. I've yeah. just been following Chris's footsteps, except a couple of years behind for the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> We do the young feathers that he, uh, you got into drama school, that I got into drama school. You, uh, you played Davy in Lieutenant. Yeah. The next year, I played Davy in Lieutenant. That was so bizarre. Production. When you look back at that, wasn't that bizarre? That was funny. Yeah, that was, was very nuts. funny. So they're two very different Davies. Yeah. So I like both them. brilliant. I've seen them both. Yours was both a brilliant. lot taller. <laughs> yes. Yes. A choice I made actually. Yeah, I I started that journey when I was um thirteen, hitting puberty. I was like once. Matter you were like tall, Davy. I wonder what uh, age that was. Yeah. I remember yeah. Chris, you coming back after one season. I think we I, when we had we done have we done the film and come back to do the series? I can't remember which one it was, but I hadn't seen you in maybe a summer, and I was like. Wait a second! It was like you'd grown about two inches. I remember looking down at your pants, yeah, you had, and I was you like, had "A big summer." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> looking down at your pants, and your pants were like had gone that short. Where... So, like that probably that probably did happen. That did happen. But I think a lot of tall people would probably relate to this. That when you don't see someone for a while, they go, "Jesus, you grew!" I still get it now when I go and see people. They still tell me that I'm growing, and I was like, "If I'm growing at the rate people think I'm growing, I should be about eight foot by now." <laughs> I'm like, people just forget that I'm tall, and then I see them, and they're like, "Jesus, you shut up again!" And I'm like, "I, I, I I'm 27 now. Like, I'm pretty sure I stopped growing oh there gosh. about five years ago." But, but no, you are right. I think, I think when I was in, when we came back to do season one, yeah. Definitely. After I'm doing tall, thing, I would have gotten a lot taller. Because I'm tall, so I, it's not like it's a, it's ever a shocker to me. 
yeah 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 i actually uh, in all the promo photos if anyone's looking at back through any promo photos at any stage i always stand next to chris because he makes me feel like a normal normal height (laughs) (laughs) no no and that's not reflection of you alex i know you're rolling your eyes at me it's not that it's because because as as ross brown the comedian always says i'm the tallest woman in ireland that's why he calls me so like (laughs) i'm a little bit extra tall so i stand i was very happy the day i met killian murphy uh I was like, ah, oh, you're doing all right. You're you're only a, a bit taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> you never know on screen. There's always like people give off more petite people can give off tall vibes on screen. You know Jessica Chastain, the actress. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of hers. I think she's amazing. I always thought she was really tall. She gives off these tall vibes. Yeah, she's yeah. not. She's quite petite. Yeah, she does right. give off tall vibes. I had yeah. someone say to me recently that I met being like, Jesus, now I thought you'd be taller. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, I people say to me, you're like six foot four. How much taller do you want me to be? Like, <laughs> <laughs> people say to me, you know, you look like a tall person, but you're just not. That's a compliment, tall. though. You know, That's anytime anyone vibes. watches you on screen and He's thinks like, yeah, you, you, you big look person. tall. That's tall vibes. Except for your height. It's your presence. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, do you think that you, when you finish up a play, that you take away a piece of the character with you? Do you think it stays with you? Do you think it's embedded in you? Or or is it a vice versa thing that when you go into the character, a little piece of the character goes in, or a piece of you goes into the character? I think probably more so that I'm not, I don't think I'm one to take characters home I think I'm probably do for a few weeks maybe mm. like yeah. you might act a little bit I don't know I w- I probably do anyway yeah yeah I don't know I feel like I feel like I'm I'm good I'm pretty good at just dropping it kind of going that's it that's that done now yeah but then you think about when we were living in the Kingsley and filming Young Offenders like <laughs> We were acting like mischievous children a lot of the times, like the stuff no, we were getting true. up to. Like, that's no, it, that's just because really? we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, great. I'd agree. I think you probably put a bit more of yourself into it. But then after, maybe don't take it away for too long. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it's a conscious thing that you have to drop it? Mm, not really. I, not, no. Still stealing bikes around too. <laughs> Listen, lads, I can't drop it. It's a problem. Um, I, I always have this like this uh, little daydream, a little ridiculous daydream that the characters go on living without you and they go on living in this alt- like alternate universe, mm. you know, and the whole thing. And like, so me as Hillary, the actor just pops into this little pocket of another reality for yeah. that period of time that the production is on and the world is working and the character is in it and then Hillary pops back out but that just keeps going in an alternative universe that's my that's little that's cool yeah that's my little thing that's why I've like always said that, I, that you pop into you know that's why I've always said and I'd love to do The Young Offenders another film in like five years yeah like a catch up on their lives and then we pop back lives. into their lives and then how, like how Star is like going to be like a seven year or eight year old show. no more she'd be like ten <laughs> why don't we do another kind of hidden camera show kind of thing and um, because America as some people might know about the young fans in America it's not a huge deal over there uh, why don't we go over as Connor and Jock <laughs> and Marade and do like <laughs> it would be like buy on Route 66 Sasha Baron and- Cohen <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. It would yeah. be yeah, it would be a form of uh, Bora. Yeah, nice. <laughs> this really sounds like this is your alternate career is a is a hidden camera 
performer. That sounds like what you should have answered earlier. You seem very passionate about, yeah, about doing this. Yeah, you're yeah. getting into I, 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 reruns. You could do a character that like is a boom up and he keeps showing up on, on sets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you ever watch Nathan like for with... you? It was so funny. It's the greatest show ever. Oh, you have to watch that. It's the greatest. Uh, I, th- I, I would actually say it's the greatest, greatest, like, sort of, it's like a hidden camera entrepreneurial, whatever, but it's just pure, pure genius. A few. No, I haven't. Right yeah. Now. It's Nathan Fielder. You'd know him. Um, it's very funny. Anyway. Nathan Fielder. Uh, the one I, I watched recently, I watched yesterday of, of PJ on the hidden camera show. He, he was standing outside by the spire in Dublin. And he was selling knitting needles, but he was calling them just like merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> what character is he when he's doing it's, that? It's Jake Stevens. Jake Stevens, Jake Stevens yeah. is amazing. Jake Stevens. Yeah. Oh, so funny. He's yeah, so, he so good at it. We Like when we did the Hidden Camera show, we used to watch reruns of Naked Camera. Like, yeah. And that's actually how we got PJ in the film because we it was a weird thing at the time when we were living in Dublin we were renting we ended up living with the only other people renting and living in their house the only other people who were making another hidden camera show in Ireland at the time and they had made the naked camera and all that and they were writing material for PJ so like it was bizarre it was like Mm. two hidden camera show crew essentially living in the same house they were doing theirs in the UK and we were doing ours in ireland and we come back together and go how'd your sketch go la, la, la. but anyway in the end we ended up kind of getting in touch with pj and going you know um how do we improve our show essentially and he sat with us Get and he was yeah he was so generous <laughs> he was like just this is how you do da, 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 da. and then in the end when we went to do the young offenders because we had the connection with pj we were like right let's get in touch with him and see if he'll play that character so mm. that's how that panned out his passion now just seems to be radio he just loves he genuinely just seems to love radio. He's really good at it. I was talking well. about like stand up, and I was like, "Oh, when are you doing stand up again?" He's like, "I don't really like it." It's like, "Oh." He used to say that for years. He never yeah. really liked it. I remember doing He's a stand up. He's such a brilliant actor as well. He is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He should do actually more film and TV, definitely. Um, but I remember doing a stand up show with him years and years ago, tiny little one for charity, and he'd be like, eh. "I'd be like, oh my god, I'd be really nervous going. I don't know what I'm going to go on and say or do, or I was, I don't know even what I was doing on it." And he was just like, "Nah, I'm just going to go on and talk about something." And yeah. I was like. <gasps> but then he had that whole documentary about his uh, stage fright and stuff. Stage so there's obviously yeah, yeah. something going on. Mm. What a He's weird brilliant. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this goes back to like my little fragments of reality. I love. I I wrote this question. I was like, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm going to mm. ask it anyway. Have you ever? <laughs> I'm going to read it verbatim. Have okay. you ever had a moment on stage or screen that felt so real it could have been your reality? <laughs> I was writing that at midnight, by the way. <laughs> yeah, in half in a dream, half what you yeah. yeah. I think those are the moments that you chase mm. and it definitely happens. Like, but I, it's so fleeting and it's so whatever. You, yeah. start going, you start thinking and then as soon as you, it's like, you know, do you know when you're trying to fall asleep at night and you're having a, like a really restless night and you can't fall asleep and then you catch yourself for a moment going, oh, geez, I'm falling asleep. And then you're not falling asleep anymore yeah. yeah it's like that for me i'm like in a minute and i go like oh jesus i actually thought i was and it's gone you know but that's so it's amazing when it happens because that's they're the theta brain waves that you're talking about you know 
Oh. So when you're falling asleep, as you fall asleep and as you wake up, there's this, that little time in between. You know that sometimes you kind of go... Was I asleep? Yeah, or something's yeah. playing out in your head and you're kind of like, is that real you or not? Or, or or you could wake up laughing. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. They're the theta brainwaves. And that's the segment of your brain where kind of anything can happen. And they say that the theta brainwaves are the place you want to be, say, when you're meditating, because you can actually, if you can lucid dream, then you can control that portion of the energy and you can control those brainwaves and you can create anything from that from that moment. And it, it's also Whoa, considered so interesting. It's considered a state of flow. So there's oh. no blockages within those moments. And that's. I believe what you're talking about when you are on screen or on stage and you're in that moment, that state of flow and there's no blockages. So it, therefore it could be your reality and anything can happen in that moment and you feel very grounded and very centered in that moment. Yeah, you know? That's so cool. Okay. I'm going to have that. I'm going to look more into these theta brainwaves. That brain. seems like a, a very, that's very cool. Okay. So if you were to say, for example, if you have people who do, um, like a lot of shamans or healers when they switch into magic we'll call it that's a theta brainwave they're switching into and that's a it's an intuitive brainwave as well so it's like if you were a clairvoyant or a channeler or one of those things that's the brainwave where you switch into and people can do it naturally or they can do it via um i, I wouldn't want to say a set of instructions but uh, training or practice um when you switch into that brainwave you might get like i don't know if you were a, a, like an intuitive you might get like ancestors talking to you or whatever it mm. might be it's the same type of brainwave it's complete in flow with no blockage mm. there you go i like it i like this i'll take one a lot. i like it and you can <laughs> control you can control elements within those brainwaves if you can be lucid within them okay there you are Thank you. Cool. Sure, I love <laughs> it. I'm gonna re read more about this. <laughs> I have to bring this up just because clairvoyant. Uh, oh yeah. Oh. It was during the film, and uh, it was Danny this Crowley was, was be doing my story earlier from a funny story. Danny Crowley was doing the sound mixing and boom up, and uh, and there was a lot. There was a, I think there was a lot more improv on the film maybe than the series, mm. but uh, so there'd be one boom trying to get the two of our voices on in this scene on on a bridge somewhere in west cork and peter was like yeah danny you need to you need to kind of get alex's line and then you need to get chris's line and kind of go back and forth which is just in, it's improv so he was like i don't know who's going to speak and at one point he's like all right well i'm not clear i'm not a clairvoyant and peter was like yeah fair enough and i remember going to chris who's clairvoyant <laughs> He thought he thought that she was some woman with like eight arms. Yeah, yeah that I thought Claire like, Boyd was a woman with four arms. Four <laughs> arms, so she could capture everything yeah. at once. Oh, clairvoyant. clairvoyant. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot on that job. I also learned Paddy or uh, Paddy Jordan would go, "Oh, how's tricks?" And that's what oh, he kind of yeah. say every morning. And I just go to Chris again yeah, at one point weeks in. I go, "Who? Who's tricks? Who's <laughs> tricks?" That's so funny you're saying this. I literally spoke to Paddy about that the other day and I told you I saw Danny when yeah, I was yeah. filming there last week in Cork and I was telling him about the clairvoyant story. He was cracking up. Oh my God. How's Tricks? I'd be like, is it your dog? Trixie. <laughs> and then Trixie, Trixie became, Trixie. there was a blow up doll in uh, Jock's room and that yeah. became Trixie. 
Trixie was a, a lady of the night eventually. Oh, yeah. Trix. Turning tricks. Looking back, guys, is there any, like, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently so far on this journey as regards, like, your career? I'm sure there's plenty of things personally you may have done differently, but. I don't think so. I mean, it's like, we're so fortunate to have such a great start uh, to our career um, in every sense of like the film being so small where it didn't feel like a big machine and we were being chewed up and spit out. We were very mm. much a part of making the film. And then we were upgraded to season one where there was a bit more money injected into the show and we learned about other bits, other people that were needed on set. And we were like, oh, this is cool. And then two and three again was a bit bigger. And it was kind of just like nice training wheels to kind of go, mm. go off now and do other jobs. Because it's definitely come in handy. I kind of, I think I thought every other film job would be the same. And it's not. I mean, there's similarities, but you really have to kind of find your feet. Because, mm. like, it was, there were such good roles for us. Connor and Jock are just such a joy. And not every part will be like that. Or every part, some parts might be a lot smaller. Or, mm. Um, mm. But it's just knowing how to deal with that and take take what you've learned from the other offenders onto other jobs i i and i it's funny you bring it up because i remember saying to you i think i probably said to you several times i'm sure you were absolutely sick of me saying it but i used to always say to you not every job's like this not every job's like this yeah. this is a kind of a and i didn't want to be bigging it up because it came with its own pressures but i was like not every job's like this, this no is a bit definitely of, young this alex is definitely one like all right hillary all right right yeah but looking back at it <laughs> <laughs> looking back it's like yeah no you're dead right not every job is as amazing as that mm. or i you might think oh i'm filming or uh, something else it's short enough it's only it's only three months filming because <laughs> we're used <laughs> we were used to just so long yeah. for the young offenders that uh not every job would be that long either yeah chris anything you would have done differently looking back um again i don't think so either when I think it's probably quite a dangerous path to go down if you are starting to think that there is because, you yeah. know, everything you do is going to have a knock-on effect. So if you think you'd have changed something then you don't know if that would have happened then, what subsequently happened that you did enjoy doing, you know. I just saw a film recently um, called Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, a lot of the film is about decisions you make and then what it's like the butterfly effect what happens then if you had done something different would you ever have met this person or would you ever have gone on and done this job or would you ended up in see i mean you never know what would have happened so i think if you're i'm quite happy and satisfied with where i'm at at the moment so i think if i change anything god only knows what would have happened would i have been better off would i be worse off I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I think everything for a reason and what's for you won't pass you. Absolutely. So. It's very, it's very Buddhist <clears throat> mm. to be but in I that moment the... and let it flow. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the nature of an actor and an actor's career as well. Cause you don't really have much control. Is you don't. Other, so if you like thing. to think, if you, st if you start to go down that route, I, I think it's a very, it's a quite a dangerous way of thinking to, to, to go down because then you'll start to question everything and second guess everything and then you're yeah you're fucked <laughs> yeah, yeah and as well i think yeah. if you're trying to control outcomes like that comes with an expectation and expectation inevitably comes with a disappointment not necessarily that it always goes that way but that's the way it can go like that's i mean like i mean i've had to learn that over the past number of years in every area of my life and like i'm a lot older than you guys so i'm only coming to it now so i always see you guys as quite 
quite zen in that respect or at least that's the appearance that I get from you is that like you're like oh I'll just go with the flow a little bit you know which is brilliant and I think it's really 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 brilliant for any young actors out there do you have any snippets I know there's a million bits of advice or maybe there's no advice but are there any little snippets of wisdom that you feel you could impart to anyone listening I always feel like such a fraud if I ever give advice (laughs) (laughs) yeah my advice is often especially for people going for drama school and stuff like that is literally that is no advice because Mm. I used to ask people always advice and stuff and I didn't get into drama school the first time around but as soon as you're taking people's advice you're not being yourself and that's exactly the whole point is to see who you are so if you think what you're saying is the right answer then that's not really you and and even if you get in because of that reason then you haven't gotten you know what I mean that's that's a false representation of who you are so I would yeah I would always be I would always kind of be hesitant I'd stay away from it the only advice I give is to actually trust your instincts like really mm. to go with with that but i mean that's what fucking every good acting class say tells them you. all the time but know your lines and show up on time that's half of it honestly yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. i heard a good thing actually in a podcast recently gary Oldman says i mean just love gary Oldman, but he said and i was like geez that's very interesting he thinks with lines always it's not about how well you know your lines it's about how long you know them and I'm like, geez, that's true, actually. Like, even if I know something so well, and then, you know, like in four weeks later, even the job could be done and you go, fuck it. I never thought about that. Like, it's the benefit of doing a play is it sits with you for like so long. So yeah. I, I try to become familiar with something as soon as possible. Yeah. To let it. Let it sit with ferment you. Or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes like that's that. not possible because obviously, as we know, well, particularly in the productions that we did together, you know, sometimes you're handed pages. Of course, yeah. There yeah. and then, yeah. and you're well, like, oh my changing god. Changing seconds before, yeah. 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 So sometimes it's not possible, but yeah, that's lovely. Actually, that's really, really nice. And I think you're right because sometimes you step back off set or out of a scene, and you go, ah. Oh. And sometimes I even feel like, ah, oh, that's what that meant, you know? Where it's like, yeah, it takes a while. Yeah. It's almost like the scene is wrapped and you're like, oh, now I understand this. Okay, shit. <laughs> well, I'm filming something at the moment and in the scene, I realized I said three different things in one of the scenes, like completely mistaking the meaning for what it was. Well, I mean, I still got the job, but I'm like, <laughs> I literally, I literally said, like, I, I said all these things like with a completely different meaning in my head. But yeah. They're like, he's so, so enigmatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, do you think actually being like we kind of touched on this earlier but do you think that um being exposed like you became quite famous quite young in, in on a national level do you think that being exposed to the media and having like were there important lessons that that taught you regarding your personal life and your career as well because you, you know you were very young when you became really famous don't it take photos weird. when you're drunk yes it was yeah yeah, it was very strange because i mean especially just in cork cork loves the show so much Mm. uh it was it's just weird to have strangers looking at you and for the longest time it was just it made me uncomfortable and i was very anxious and i didn't like it i almost wouldn't want to go out uh just because people were always lovely or usually Mm. lovely but it's still just so strange. And there was one event. Remember the screening of maybe the last two episodes of season one in the English market? And uh, 
Chris couldn't Chris couldn't do it. I think he was doing the play or something. Uh, so it was just me there and yourself and yeah. Dom and stuff. Yeah. But usually I kind of have Chris to just stand by and then we'll deal with that together. But there was like no kind of security mm. and I was just swarmed for about an hour. And then I ended up just running out of the English market because not knowing what to do. Oh, and I went into a, a bar. Yeah. And like my aunts and uncles came in and it was just... It was just a real like, what is going on? Why yeah. do these people want to talk to me? I understand it, but I don't, I can't comprehend it. Yeah. Uh, it was also always very overwhelming and stuff if we go out because me and Alex are best pals. So we hang out with each other anyway, but then they're going Connor and Jock. And also when we're filming our haircuts, you can't do much about that. Your eyebrow and your tash. So it looks like Connor and Jock are out in full costume. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> we, we, we couldn't really ever evade like, but then again, people's memories are so short. Like I never, I don't get recognized in Cork anymore. Like, Do you like, not? No. And I actually filming in Belfast for like three months at the start of the year. And I get recognized up there the whole time. It's almost bigger in Belfast. And I don't know. Did you find that, Alex, when you were up in Belfast? Yeah, people really love it. Yeah. It's it's big in Be- in Belfast, but in Cork, I don't know if it's people don't care anymore or, or what it is. But I'll <laughs> I very, get, I, get I, I won't get it every single day. Do you? No, I, no I, see, I don't. Now, I know maybe because like there's not much I can do with my hair, like unless I dye it blonde or shave it or whatever, that I'm still going to look maybe a little bit more like a yeah, character than you that guys must be do. it then, yeah. I get yeah, it every day. Every, near, I, near never, every day. I never get it, no. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's a weird one with me because I suppose, you know, a certain part of you gets used to it and then a certain part of you is this, uh, I, I find it tricky when I'm with my kids because yeah. i i want to protect them from it you know and jake is six now and he started asking me what the young offenders is and when he can watch it and he's getting that through through his classmates because we don't oh yeah we don't ha- we don't talk about it at home you know we never do six-year-olds have... watching young offenders yeah I, mean, I, have not, I haven't i'm not i told him he could watch it when he's nine and he's like really excited about that but he's curious <laughs> so people have stopped me and asked for photographs and he's been there yeah and it's odd for him to get his head round, you know, so I, I that's the only time that I'm quite conscious of it. I'm kind of like, if there's other people with me, I immediately it's like I shove my kids out of the way. I just go, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I just want to protect them from it. And I don't you know. They, then they be looking back going, why is mommy taking pictures with somebody else? Or, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you explain Mommy's it? A big deal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, yeah it's weird it's weird so that's the only time that i, I find unco- i find it uncomfortable I'm on my own it's fine no problem but i find i, I get uncomfortable right. when my kids are with me and people are asking for photographs and sometimes they're just like introdu- like in the middle of a family meal and i'm like really i'm in the middle of a family meal <laughs> anyway but, but it's well, all it's with just, good it's all with good intention yeah, it's yeah. all with yeah, good intention no. okay i'm finishing in this out with a bit of a live wild quick fire round okay Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because I've gone to Alex first quite a bit, I'm going to go Chris first. Thank you. <laughs> okay, this is a quick fire round. This is the live wild. We call it the pop quiz, but it's not. It's not a pop quiz. It's just a quick fire round. Chris, oh, no. quizzes. <laughs> what is the biggest risk you have ever taken on stage or set? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, what is the biggest risk I've ever? Um, I I would I would say it's going to be a character choice of just throwing yourself out there and always trusting that. Like I can't think of one thing for example, but 
I don't know. I, 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 I mean, even the way we play Connor and Jock and stuff and like in those improv moments and stuff like that, yeah. again, like we said, you know the character so well. Like I love bold choices in people always. That's why I like love Robert Pattinson as an actor. He just completely throws himself out there. Mm. Um, so to think of my biggest choice, I don't know if I can straight off the top of my head. I know what you but mean, it, Chris. Like, it's like uh, when you're doing those improvs or even with the script, we'd be doing some just mad stuff that wouldn't make it onto screen and we know it wouldn't. But it's great to to have the freedom to get that out of the way. Because uh, the minute you start second guessing what you're doing in that moment when the camera's running, oh, you're, you know. You're it could be stuff. seen. It could be seen on camera yeah. as well when you start doing Yeah, you yourself. can see your yeah. eyes going, exactly. oh, will this be funny? It's like, no, yeah. just, just do it. It's, you know, you yeah. should. And that's the goal, I think, for the for other jobs is just try and be as com- be as comfortable as we were in The Young Offenders on other sets with strangers mm. we knew everyone so well we weren't nervous uh, yeah in front of anyone uh, but you do a job tomorrow and there's just 60 strangers around you so try not to be nervous around them too. and you know what's interesting about that as well i found that are like having again moved on to different sets and different productions which have all been amazing experiences like a comedy lends itself really well to trying something wild and wacky you know mm-hmm. what i mean whereas drama it, it doesn't really and there's less scope in drama for trying something wild and wacky so you really have to have i suppose a a faith in yourself that if you turn out looking like a complete asshole doing this that you can stand in your strength and go well sure, look i was just trying i was just experimenting you know what i mean but that's it i was in an audition recently and i was in i got a few rounds and went in with the producers cast director and the director and sat there and in the audition i had a monologue and then they were like do you want to improv the monologue and i'm like it's like a quite a dramatic monologue i'm like okay but then you're just rearranging the words and then when i tried to talk back to one of the readers because it's improv i was like oh she's not improving with me so now i'm just improving with myself in this monologue and i'm like this is just ridiculous i'm like how the fuck am i supposed to yeah yeah sometimes i didn't get it (laughs) (laughs) actually here's a question off the top of my head what would you say to actors when they don't get auditions Tough shit, move on. That's just the way it goes, really. Um, ah, it's yeah, annoying and it's gotten yeah. and it's like, it just happened to me recently with something that I really wanted and it's like, you can't dwell on it because it just didn't happen. So yeah. you're just wasting your time thinking, it, like it literally didn't happen. So there's no point in thinking and when it comes out, that could have been me or that could have been, because yeah. unfortunately it's just not. So you just have to, you, you, you I, yeah. I don't know. I just don't even think about it really. And I've gotten better at that, but it, like it's hard at the start. Yeah, it's like, Sometimes it's easy because you'd be doing a tape and you can tell that they're just casting the net. Yes. Over the whole of Europe. So every man in his 20s, I know, is auditioning for this part. So you send it and you forget about it. If you hear back, amazing. If not, grand. Mm. Then there's a few where you're like, oh, I know I'm right for this. Yeah. I know Mm. I'll be good at it. Yeah. And I yeah. could do it. Oh, I might get. And then when you start getting excited about the idea of getting it, then you don't get it. It's like, oh, that's a bit. It can just be a bit. It is a bummer. But it yeah. is. Yeah. And that goes back to the expectation thing I talked about where I, like, I felt really as an actor and in my own personal life as well, I really had to start dropping expectation because expectation was an absolute killer. Because yeah. like you said, if you if you ticked all those boxes within an audition, you know you did a good job. You know you're right for the role. You're available. There's all those things. And then you start attaching 
that would be really nice now because that would be my summer you You start planning and I'd really like to work with that person or I might have a little trip Mm. abroad with that or whatever it is then the expectation starts to snowball and then you're like you don't get it so like straight away you have no right to get it you have no No. right to get this part (laughs) yeah I love that you do not deserve it you are not (laughs) (laughs) not that you don't deserve it I wouldn't say that but it's like you're you're right there are so many moving parts to a production that you have no right to that job whatsoever so it's like you know do it drop it and move on yeah 100 percent. someone says i read it recently as well which again i try to do more and more is you treat the audition like the job and then after you finish the audition you're like congratulate yourself that's done and then just forget forget about it that's lovely and i would always in my early days when i found myself very wounded i used to get so wounded by it like really deeply like oh my god what's wrong with me i'm a terrible actor like that's the road i went down um i i would have to treat myself really nicely so i'd have to take myself on a date or like take <laughs> that's nice on though. a date I don't oh i thought you meant i thought you meant ask a guy out no 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 oh, oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey you hey do you want to come over here and let's just you know no <laughs> No, I used to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take myself out for a meal or buy myself yeah. something nice, or you know, I'd be really good to myself after it, you know, because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I really like felt vulnerable, so <laughs> vulnerable after you know auditions and stuff. No harm um, that. what did you say? No harm. No harm in that. No, no. harm in that. No harm in, <laughs> no harm in treating yourself well. <laughs> Alex, I have a question for you. In the in the Young Offenders, in the film, I think it was the film, you improvised and you used the term wilderpoo. And that term Wilderpoo was to describe taking a poop outdoors randomly. And I want to know, did that come from real life experience? Have you have you done Wilderpoos? Um, It is the Live Wild show. I'm I'm I I feel like I can. I'm entitled. Ah, yeah, I definitely have not in the past while. But yeah, but I think it, it was definitely something that just the lads would say in school. It came up at one point. So I definitely took it off someone in school. But it's just such a funny it's great. thing to say. Uh, I, I used to say Wilder Wee. So Wilder when Wee. I heard you say Wilder, Wilder Poo, I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, mo- a lot of those moments are just like, oh, we were both in school at the time. So we were yeah. we were in those positions that Cotter and Jock were in a couple of years ahead. Yeah. You just had the perfect, perfect life experience to draw from. We were going to school in Cork playing cork guys in school <laughs> <laughs> uh, again we won't name the schools i <laughs> know <laughs> ah, roachstone college <laughs> send your kids there um chris chris yeah. what about you has a wilderpoo featured in your personal life yes it definitely has yeah, at times <laughs> nature calls and if you're out there and there's no other option hey. yeah. a wilderpoo must be yeah there was such a there was a such a good the dynamic between me and Chris doing those kind of two-hander scenes. <laughs> We'd either, you might mention it just before, like, I'm going to mention this, and then I just want you to be confused by it. And that that is the basis of a lot of the comedy moments of yeah. just going, I'm going to say something, and uh, I want you to not understand what I'm talking about. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I always loved, like, th- that 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 setup is so perfect, where, like, you talked about a wilderpoo, then you had to explain what a wilderpoo was, and then you were like, don't, you know, said something like, don't look at me. And Chris's reaction as Jock was just like, I hardly want to watch you taking a shit. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's the best because it's so yeah. true it's like even if you what? are best friends nobody yeah. wants to watch that 
<laughs> yeah, even if Jock fancies me, it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've touched on it a little bit here, but do you guys believe in magic? Uh, I, I do. Yeah? <laughs> I do right because I like to believe in that sort of stuff and I believe in the supernatural because I think we're very naive to think that we understand everything that goes on in the world. I love this Plato Simile of the Cave. Oh, stop. And I think that we all think that we're outside the cave, but we could be at stage one. You know, like... We are. But yeah, but all the cavemen, like... (laughs) They, they they didn't even think like when they discovered fire they were like what the heck you know what I mean yeah. you, we're discovering new things all the time so to think that we know everything is very naive so do uh-huh. I believe in magic that's my scientific reason for believing in magic mm. but I also believe in magic because it kind of feels like sometimes it can give me superpowers or whatever in situations because anything is sort of in the realms of possibility if you believe in magic I agree 100% and I love the reference to Plato's cave I always go back to it where it's just like you know, you're you're looking at the wall going, yeah, this is the world, this is the world. And then in a second, you're like, wait a second. Exactly. Guys, so class. no, hang on. No, hang on. <laughs> that's actually the world. Yeah. I, yeah. Wait a second. So it just takes... And that's not even the world. And uh, I, I heard that when I was 18 in classical mm, studies in school. Yeah. And I remember it literally changed my life. I was like, wow. yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Like, what I heard I, recently I, everything changed. about that kind of is David Attenborough talking about uh, he's taking the top of an anthill off and they're all communicating with each other and they're doing all it might not be an anthill but they're talking to each other they're building intricate caves and they're doing these amazing things and i'm looking over them and they don't even know i'm there because they don't have eyes whatever these are but they have other receptacles mm. and he's just like bit naive of me to think that i have all the senses uh i might be just missing one thing that would let me see all the other things mm. uh so there's yep. just definitely more out there but with magic, when you say magic, always sounds a bit magic's a bit Harry Potter uh, in my head. Mm, but okay. with like, uh, I believe in that too. I do. I do believe. <laughs> I got into magic a bit over lockdown. I was sending Chris videos of me doing magic. Yeah, you were. That was good. <laughs> I knew that's the way you were going to take it. I don't mean magic tricks. Like, I know. Here's I know. Hat, I'm gonna run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think it's nice to, if you're not necessarily religious, uh, it's a good thing. I. Yeah, I think you're just a bit naive to think there's not more out there than what mm. you can just see right in front of you. I mean, I'm talking to three people in my bedroom on this thing. That's magic. <laughs> How in we've itself. gotten here. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, either if you've lost someone, it's kind of, it, it gives you a bit of peace knowing that they're still oh, somewhat around. 100%. Um, and you're right when you bring up like religion there doesn't necessarily like to be spiritual you, you don't necessarily need you don't need a religion to be spiritual you know yeah. because spirit is everything and everywhere and everyone and it, like spirit is my glass spirit is yeah, yeah. the breath i breathe you know it's everything so it's like you don't have to believe in a religion to believe that there's more than beyond the physical realm that we see every day mm-hmm. hmm. correct um what Chris, what do you stand for? It's quite a big question. Mm. What do I stand for? Um, what do I stand for? Uh, I, I very much value loyalty in 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 people and friends and uh, kindness and sort of 
sort of what a cladderin means. Mm. Yes. So uh, what is cladderin? Is kindness, loyalty, and um, oh, there's one other thing I can't remember. Or it's loyalty. Well, I can't remember. I just can't think of one. I don't think it is. It's love. Yeah, but anyway, uh, probably that. I don't know. Um, you know, things I expect of my friends, I try to hold myself accountable to mm-hmm. as well. Um, okay. So I suppose. Kindness and loyalty. Lovely. Okay. Alex, what do you stand for? Um, I stand for, I think, just not putting yourself ab- above literally anyone else. Like, we're all just trying to make our way through this life. Maybe. And there's, <laughs> I don't know, there's a, people like to say, oh, there's lots of kind, there's, there is lots of kind people out there. There's a lot, there's a lot of assholes. <laughs> and especially in this, because this this career feeds egos, and mm-hmm. especially on mm-hmm. film sets, mm-hmm. as opposed to theater, can kind of bring you back down to earth a bit. But on film sets, there's lots of big personalities, and there's you you do come across people who just do think they're better than other people, mm-hmm. and it's just gross, and there's no need. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I like to think equality, equal. equality. Then yeah, oh, nice. sounds obvious, but no. Um, ah okay Alex I'll go to you first what's the wildest thing you've ever done (laughs) (laughs) it's a safe it's a safe space no it's not (laughs) (laughs) just don't tell your mum or dad the podcast is coming out (laughs) the wildest thing uh, well if we take wild as in like uh, living wild I I camped from Mizzenhead to Malinhead. That was pretty wild. Yeah, that is wild. Um, and it was quite good. It was with two nearly strangers. I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah. Lana and Jamie were their names. Not and strangers were, anymore, I bet. No, and they're <laughs> they were friends of friends. I think I thought my friends were going, and then slowly but surely, people started dropping out, <laughs> and then it was just me and these two people I don't really know that well. And then we ended up going camping all up all up the west coast of Ireland from the very top to the very bottom we had a great time that's cool that is wild yeah that's wild yeah. absolutely okay and that's a very uh, <laughs> safe answer yeah <laughs> Chris what's the wildest thing you've done I'm too going to shirk this question and uh, <laughs> play it in the literal sense um, probably surfing and camping down in, in Shidani mm, beautiful um, uh, I'd love to do more wild things I, I, I've just learned to drive recently and so i'm dying to rent a car in ireland and just go around and climb mountains and Mm. do the whole wild atlantic way and i'd love to just get like a camper van and go around for like a month around ireland like i'd love that i'd I'd entered a raffle to win a camper van oh yeah yeah and that was an example of one of those things when you if you enter raffles and then weeks go by every night you convince yourself a little bit more you're going to win this camper van yeah yeah, expectation when you naturally don't win it you're expectation is the killer of happiness uh nice okay um what's uh alex what's one thing you do every day that helps you live wild and free <laughs> oh, oh, oh god <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, um it helps me live wild and free um 
I think I think that's an answer in itself. I don't think I do enough. I think oh. I'm uh, I'm uh, especially with COVID the past few years, you get a bit comfy in your house, maybe. Uh, and I would like to get out more. <sighs> um, some realization there. I I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky it is the last question. Chris, <laughs> over to you. What's, what's the one thing you do every day that you can um, actually live wild and free? Again, like Alex, I think I should do more. Well, I just started today again. Doing, I promised myself for the next month I'm going to do the Wim Hof breathing every morning. Beautiful. So I started doing that today, um, which I love, which is just pure coincidence. But at the moment, I'm filming in Dublin and I'm staying in and around Dunleary. So I'm loving going for swims every day. And I'm pretty good at doing it every day because I just love the sea. So doing that and before Christmas as well I was in Dublin in November for a while filming and I was uh, swimming in the sea there then every mm. day I could as well nice. so I just love I love the clarity you get after swimming in the sea and oh, um, I have an answer oh, we have to come go back. for a bite we have to come back to okay. funny, uh, my buddy Chris there reminded me um, <laughs> uh, and it's actually quite quite big Henry I've got my scuba diving license oh yeah ah! so cool yeah I forgot about that I, wow. uh, I have my open water license I did it with Naughty diver, Kieran King. Shout out to Kieran King. Uh, a naughty little diver. Hey, yeah, naughty diver. <laughs> and I didn't realize uh, they use uh, they use lube to get their uh, wetsuits on because they're putting them on so much. Uh, and it's called naughty lube. Very fun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and also, have you have you used that product um, on for wetsuits called Piss Off? No. No. It's if you piss in your wetsuit and you want to get the piss off and it's called piss off. Oh, good. <laughs> that's, very good name. that's a, uh, a wetsuit tip for you. What happened first, the name or the chicken or the egg? Though? That's like that one. <laughs> like, oh, I better come up with an idea. For this. Yeah. So I've been going down to Port Row Quarry. I did the theory test first and then a few open dives. And uh, yeah, it's great. Wow. I feel like I've unlocked a new level. Thanks Yay. for explaining that. Yeah. Um, a new level of Alex. Sorry. I like it. And a new yeah. level of Chris unlocked with your car. Mm. Yeah, now you're unstoppable, guys. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. People on set will beg to differ and see me stall and stuff, but we're getting there. <laughs> That's what automatics are for. Okay? Yes, exactly. No, 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 no. Refuse. Remember uh, making the film, Chris, uh, and there was no health and safety. And one night we were out uh, having dinner and a few drinks in this pub, and the barman dropped us back. I think he might have been after a few drinks, and we were shoved into the booth with some raw chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that is Cut true. That I spoke about this recently again in the weekend. We won't mention what were, film that was. Uh, no, we will. We will not. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I do remember that. I was thinking about that the other day as well. Yeah, I also remember on the film, here. man. Sometimes I get like these like anxiety flashbacks, oh. particularly when I'm on a bike. No, it's not like actually serious, like whatever. It's on a bike, you know. Sometimes like, I'll be cycling on the bike and I go, Jesus! Like I remember, I remember us filming Young Offenders and going down country roads at like rapid speed on these bikes that regularly fell apart like our yeah. our our pedals would fall off like stuff would just fall off these bikes and i remember like being going down the hill like so fast and you were in front of me and something always fell off the big fucking yellow bike and my pedals would fall off and i just remember being like if we fall off these bikes at this speed we are They're dead <laughs> yeah, or well, I like seriously <laughs> maimed. I would say, yeah, but like seriously. <laughs> I remember yeah. coming home to the house we were living in at the time, and the first thing was there was a black plastic bag in the fridge, and all I remember Peter saying was, and I was pregnant at the time. He was like, "Don't open that bag. <laughs> Don't open the bag." And I was just like, 
well, I have to open it now. And it was like a full feathered chicken in the bag. Oh, yeah. yeah in the yeah. fridge. He was like, I have to keep it cool because we're filming with it. I was yeah, like, even at that, like, I feel like oh. we shouldn't have been plucking that chicken all day. There was that. And then I do remember coming home another time and there was no bathroom window and, oh, no, yeah. and no bathroom door in the Peter just took it in the bathroom he was just no, like we filmed he didn't we filmed just in yeah, the bathroom yeah. remember you took out the windows and the door you took like <laughs> nothing to do with filming he just took the window and door Peter just took it he was that stuck for cash <laughs> yeah. that's how we funded the rest of the film we, yeah yeah because Chris had climbed out the window and I was just like went in to take a pee and there was no window I was like okay and then the bathroom door had been was it kicked down by Dom or something yeah. it was as yeah. if the cops were chasing you in that scene it was supposed to be in the cafe but it was actually filmed in our bathroom so there was no window and no door and I was just like pregnant going I have to pee <laughs> <laughs> I love where we for the the end scene you would you kept just holding pots and pans in front of your <laughs> stomach because you were quite heavily pregnant oh, at yeah. that stage. <laughs> yeah, we 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 called it the magic hallway. Yes, because you, we filmed that the first half early oh, on, yeah. and then the second half at the end. So you you went down to the door and you came back pregnant. <laughs> That's right, because you couldn't really see that I was very pregnant at the at the beginning of that yeah. scene, and I just kind of sneak out, and then there's a shot where I turn around and you, we had to put you in front of me. Yeah. And yeah, you called it the magic horror because uh, horror hallway. It's a Freudian slip there somewhere. The magic hallway because I magically became instantly pregnant overnight. I remember, uh, um, uh, Alex, there was a scene where you had to, you were running, you come home with a black eye or something and you're running away from me and I have to run up the stairs after you and say, what happened to you? Or whatever what I, <laughs> I was I was saying. <laughs> and, I was pregnant and getting more pregnant by the day. And obviously, as I was getting pregnant, my boobs were getting bigger as well. And I remember running up the staircase and catching. What did I do? <laughs> no, you didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> as I turned the corner of the staircase, it had like this wooden ledge on it. And I caught my boob on the wooden ledge. And I was, when I got to the top, you were just like, that was brilliant. And I was just like, Ugh! <laughs> that was her. <laughs> There was no health and safety for anyone on set. No. Dom, remember we remember Dom got a clock across the head and we were all like, ooh. Um, Wasn't it I with I don't remember them? that. With the pan? Uh no, no, that was Shane got a clock across the head with the pan. It was Dom got this the the um PJ would have clocked him on the head with the nail gun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I kicked, accidentally kicked flour in his ear. And he got like <laughs> he got, a, he got an ear infection. infection. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And, and he, he got, got stung, stung by, by bee. bee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Snappy to the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> and he was afraid of water and got into the river. And only oh, told yeah. us afterwards that he was afraid of water. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Tom. Tom got it. Tom got it a lot. Yeah, he did. Good guy. Good guy, Dom. He's the one of the best. I always say that Dom is like a shiny unicorn. He's a very rare type of person. <laughs> Isn't he though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't rare. know many people like Dom. Nobody. I don't know anybody no, like Dom. No, no, Dom is great. Yeah, this is an, an, an appreciation society of Dom. I see him quite a bit. I'm lucky I get to see yeah. him. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in touch love. quite a bit. Yeah, I will. I will. Wouldn't it be lovely to get us all on here at some point? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a bigger. <laughs> I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it, would, it, would. <laughs> it has been 
just such a joy. Thank you. And even on a personal note, just talking to you, we don't do this often enough. It's been really, really gorgeous. And thank you. And I'm sure the audience are really going to enjoy the chat. I hope they will. So thank you for being Hopefully. part. Hopefully. Thanks Love for having us. Thank you. Thanks a million, Hilary. Great to talk as always. See you soon. <laughs>